Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Any good stories from the road? Or pipe up. I wish we'd gotten seen a little bit more out of our punter. I'm starting to puke. It makes my stomach hurt. Yeah. I thought he was going to die. I'm starting to throw up in my mouth a little bit. He's on the probiotics. Is Georgia playing the 1985 Bears this weekend or what? A lot of Todd, Todd, Todd talk. That poison proof. They're mongeese. We will not be hunted at the University of Georgia. I can promise you that. The hunting that we do will be done from us going the other direction. Hey, all Hey, all It is uh, Kentucky week, and uh, Georgia has one more SEC regular season game before they have another shot at wrapping up a totally undefeated season. Let's not put the card ahead of the horse. I'm Wes Blankenship. This is Jake Rowe, Palmer Toms. They're bundling up for this trip to frigid, <laughs> the frozen tundra at Kroger Field, the frozen food section at Kroger Field. What's up, guys? Hey, man, and let me tell you something, man. Some of the coldest games I've ever covered, and this is from the press box or the or, or the open air or closed air press boxes, right? I feel like the, some of the coldest ones I've ever been to, walking in, walking out, being actually in there, has been stadiums that were open air. I mean, you know, Georgia-Auburn 2014, freezing, okay? Georgia-Auburn 2017 there, freezing. Mississippi State may have taken the cake. That was very cold and very windy, um, and it sucked real bad because there was absolutely no heat. All of those press boxes were open air. Mississippi State's the only one that didn't have any help. First time I'll ever be like, heck yeah, we're inside because uh, Kentucky's is in. And, uh, yeah, that's uh, 20 degrees. Is that supposed to be? Is that sound right, Palmer? Is that what it's supposed to be? I, I heard low of nineteen. My hope is that uh, you know a three thirty kick. You know, l- like you said, er- indoor press box, earlier kick. Um, my hope is that we won't be as cold, but I am certainly going to be bundled up and and maybe making a trip to uh, get some hand warmers, some hot hands. Um, hopefully, we don't have the. How cold the was it in Starkville? It, it felt was, like uh, it was low, low 30s. It felt like it was negative 10. It was cold. I was wondering this week, I was wondering last week too, if Kirby could uh, find a way to simulate cold temps in the House of Pain because <laughs> it isn't that cold in Georgia this week. I was wondering if maybe they bring in some, some big ice blocks. I don't know. Kirby has already moderated the temperature once this season at Columbia. You know, yeah, that- it, uh, I, I was gonna say about about Mississippi State. It was colder on the field than it was up in the box. I didn't realize that until uh, you know we were down there. We were going walking down for post game availability, and uh, you know at least we were a little bit protected from the wind. Bummer. But it was it was really really cold, uh, teeth chattering cold down there. Well. Um... Georgia wasn't too affected by it against those other Bulldogs, uh, Mississippi State. I, I know there was some speculation maybe 
Stetson Bennett's tiny hands wouldn't be able to handle the ball, but he did all right. Yeah, Stets got pretty big hands for a for a five <laughs> ten guy. Um, you know, I think they're probably a little bigger than Jake Fromm's, like eight and seven eights. Uh, but you know, he, he'll be fine. Um, another thing you look at there too is it should be kind of dry. Um, from what I understand, I don't think there's been any rain in the forecast later in the weekend. Then it's also um, turf. It's a turf field. It's a pretty fast track, if I'm not mistaken. Um, you know, Georgia didn't score big there the last time it was there. And that was Stetson's only start, again, you know, at Kentucky. Gosh. Um, I, yeah, that was a boring game. I, I'd like to think that Maybe. Georgia burned all of that film from that game. I know they don't mm -hmm. have actual film anymore, but uh, just threw out the hard drives because that was mm -hmm. a, a stinker. Maybe the most boring football game I've ever watched. The, it was just the, the thing that I remember the most about that trip up there um, made the trip. Uh, again, that was that 2020 season. Uh, so made the trip with some family. Um, my parents do enjoy making the trip from Nashville to Lexington. Uh, this will be their first Georgia-Kentucky game that they haven't been at uh, in, in several seasons. Um, feels like whether it's up in Lexington or down in Athens, they've, they've somehow worked the magic to be there. Uh, but yeah, the, the thing I remember about that game was, was off the field stuff and, um, you know, watching games on the car ride back and, uh, you know, enjoying some crisp PBRs on the way up there. <laughs> I was not driving. Let's, let's, yeah. let's get that. Uh, I wasn't, I didn't assume that, <laughs> um, had some of my first P I remember my first beer had some of my first PBRs in the back of a truck riding down Broad Street uh, in, on a fall afternoon in Athens. And uh, hard to top that, man. Uh, all right. Hard to top press conference availabilities in Athens, Georgia, too, guys. You guys have heard from everybody. Heard from Kirby, Smile, Mondin. Uh, who else did you hear from this week? Kiaris Jackson really – I mean, Kiaris had an all-time soundbite. Kirby did, too. We'll play him. Uh, I'm really just starting to become very impressed with – the mindset of this team, and you see it on the field, obviously, but you really get a good glimpse when you hear from these guys. Yeah, I just hope you're not stepping into a trap there, Wes. You know, like finally coming to the conclusion after Georgia's won like 27, no. uh, 28 games or something, and no. you're going to come to that conclusion, then they're going to go to Kentucky and they're going to lose. And then you're going to oh, my God. Brother, put that clip on old takes exposed. All right, all right. Georgia sucks. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it's it really is. It's impressive. You know, like last year, listen, man, I remember kind of nudging a few guys that cover the the beat, um, Dean Leggy. Uh, I remember nudging Dean and just being kind of like, man, what do you think this connection thing is all about? And Dean just kind of rolled his eyes and was like, you know, they're always trying to start something fresh every year. And I was like, yeah, that's what it feels like to me too. So he wasn't alone in that. Um, and then, you know, lo and behold, they go out and do this connection thing and they got this real, you know, friendly, you know, camaraderie brotherhood thing going on with last year's team and the way it bounced back and the way it rallied behind Stetson. And then you start to trust it a little bit more coming into the season. And then you hear Kirby start saying stuff like, on that SEC whatever show that uh, or the inside show where he talks about um, this is the the closest team he thinks he's ever had at uh, or, or that he's ever seen, um, 
I don't know. Maybe he's right. Maybe maybe we just need to listen to what he's saying as far as that goes. Maybe we just don't listen to him as far as injuries go anymore, and we just listen to him uh, on on the connection of his team because it seems like he's telling it like it is. And this team has kind of a maturity about it. Um, you wouldn't know it by some of the up and down play early in the year, but this team has a maturity about it that 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 I, that I like that that I think is is a likable quality amongst them. Um, there, it's not braggadocious. It's not, it's not um, trying to make you know. It's trying not not a lot of me, me, me stuff. It's very unselfish. Um, it's very, uh, um, you know, very team oriented. And it's not just Karis Jackson. It's a lot of guys. And you know, I don't know if all of them feel that way to a man in their heart, but they're saying the right, right. things. Uh, here's here's Karis. I'm. I don't normally do this. I'm going to play. Uh, it's just back to back to back sound bites that kind of struck me in this theme of maybe it's not about the team or connectedness, but it's just about George's mindset. So uh, y'all uh, sit back and enjoy. Something is working while I stop it. <laughs> That's my mindset. Hey, I'm here to win games. I'm not here to have a thousand yards, 20 touchdowns. If I wanted to come in for that, I probably would have went someone else, but I'm trying to put numbers on those walls and trying to be a national champion, an SC champion. So whatever Coach Mike feels like is going to put us in the best position to win, I'm down for it. So that was Kiaris Jackson. Uh, here's one from Kirby earlier in the week. And this isn't necessarily about the connectedness of the team, but it's just about the, uh, I guess, the the focus, the mental grind that these guys have between the ears, uh, which is also – it also struck me and it, it really struck a lot of people on social media. Uh, it's something that a lot of people were sharing, so I hope you all enjoy this one. pitfall of every profession or everything people do in, in society is being able to repeat habits. And can you do that? Can you do what you do better than the people in your profession on a daily basis and not get bored with monotony? It's hard to sustain anything in life, in your career, whatever it is. You want to be the best sports writer. You want to be the best broadcaster. you got to do it better than the other people in your profession. you got to do that by recreating yourself, by consistently outworking someone and sometimes people get comfortable and when you get comfortable you're not always at your best we're trying our best to be at our best that's our job all right and i got one more for y'all to listen to and consider before we move forward here this is kind of a throwback i spoke with andy staples today and he worked on a book uh called getting to neutral with trevor moad he's kind of a, a mental coach he's actually written two books with him I need to go ahead and endorse this. I was watching this earlier, and it's really good. I thought the conversation, this part of the conversation was really good. So if uh, you're on, hang around for it for sure. Yeah, appreciate it. Um, this goes back to the Rose Bowl. I don't know how well I, I set it up in the clip that I'm about to share, but Kirby was just starting to embrace, I think, some of this mental aspect of the game. And uh, it's kind of the early days of Kirby trying to figure out how much he wants to believe in it, incorporate it. If I heard it correctly, uh, Kirby, don't get mad at me if I'm wrong about that. An example of it uh, in the Rose Bowl against Oklahoma. I don't think Kirby'd mind me saying this. I, I, Trevor, you know, Trevor's told this story in in a bunch of places before he passed. Uh, you know, Kirby came to him and said at halftime, "I'm having a little trouble getting to neutral here," <laughs> and <laughs> and Trevor, you know, just said, "Hey, look, everything that's happened has happened." But here's just your situation. At that point, remember, they just kicked that field goal. So things were yep. finally starting to look up for Georgia. And if you think about that halftime, Kirby made a really key defensive adjustment that changed everything. And he basically 
you know, he brings another another player down into the box, and he told his DBs, you are going to have to cover one-on-one. I realize that we spent three weeks practicing for this saying, we don't think you can cover one-on-one. We, we want to play zone here. You're going to have to cover one-on-one because we can't, we're, Baker Mayfield's going to pick us apart otherwise. All right, so thanks for bearing with me. All that to say, I just wanted to set the tone of this of this show tonight. I'm impressed with the way Kirby's team is performing between the ears and amongst each other, and I think it's a very critical time for them to really have all that hitting on all cylinders. So thanks for sitting all that, through all those sound bites with me. And really, man, it, it has been since that Missouri game. Um, I know they had, you know, that maybe a little bit of a slow start against Auburn. But um, other than that, it has been kind of Katie bar the door um, since that. And listen, they haven't done it by playing perfect football. It's just been by being really physical and playing really hard and finishing games and just and being really talented. But, I mean, it hasn't been perfect football. I mean, I, I wrote a story today, uh, you know, set last seven games, uh, you know, first three games, Georgia was uh, plus six turnover margin. Last seven games, uh, Georgia's been minus eight in in the past seven games, and it's been um, you know minus five in the past three games. So it's not like they're just clicking on all cylinders and doing everything right, but they're still playing winning championship level football. And you wonder what this team can be when it stops turning the ball over because. Those intangibles that like that that maturity and connectedness we were talking about earlier, and that kind of like drive and and focus week in and week out. I don't know if it's because Kirby's got them locked on the SEC championship or what. That is there, and they clean up a couple of other things. This team could get significantly better. So um, let's talk about Kentucky because obviously the Cats just lost to Vandy. Now, I could go one of two ways on this, guys. If Kentucky had just been world beaters before this and had a hiccup looking ahead to Georgia, I might feel like, okay, we've got a wild animal, you know, kind of backed against the wall here on national TV, and and Georgia could have its hands full with an angry team. But Kentucky's already dropped a few games this year. And I don't, I can't help but wonder if if that loss might have just set this team over the edge in a bad way. No, I mean, I think it, it, at least from speaking uh, to Adam Luckett over at KSR, um, you know, hearing about the fan base and, and where folks are at there, um, it's basketball season in, in Kentucky. Uh, and, and they certainly aren't pleased with the way that this year, this, this football season has gone. Uh, you know, they felt like they had a strong chance to, to make another run at another 10 win season talented group of players um you know regardless of what jake thinks will levis uh (laughs) you've obviously got chris rodriguez there a talented running back uh who who does not qualify for the sec lead in this statistical category but if he did he missed the first four games of the season was uh out after an offseason um off the field issue um but if he did qualify, he would be leading the, the SEC in yards per game with 122 uh, point something yards per game there. They, you know, they've got a quarterback, they've got a running back, they've got, they bring in some talented wide receivers. They've got a veteran group on defense expectations and hopes were high coming into this season. 
And sitting here currently at six and four with a game that they're three plus touchdown underdog favorites uh, or underdogs. Um, Georgia is a three plus touchdown favorite here. They're not feeling all too high about where this program is at. And, you know, Adam told me that, you know, at least on their board, the conversation is, is more so about coaching changes and, and potential, you know, for that this offseason, maybe not with Mark Stoops, but with his assistants, uh, than it is focusing on Georgia, which is not what we all would have expected along, uh, you know, before this season when this was being looked at as a potential SEC yeah. championship. Yeah, I said before the year, I wrote like a little think piece column, whatever, that Kentucky represented Georgia's biggest obstacle of the year not tennessee and i said it this week it, that could still be true okay that, that could still technically be true it is right now but the spirit of what i thought was wrong here's a adam luckett from ksr palmer mentioned talking specifically about how bad kentucky's offensive line is is it about this offense where you do have those talented players but you're not putting up the results that you may have expected you can't have or tell the story about 2022 kentucky football team without talking about the offensive line a lot um, the offensive line has been awful all year it hasn't gotten any better it's arguably gotten worse I, it's hard to imagine there being a worse power, offensive line in the power five than what we've seen here in lexington through 10 games from this group. They've had to shuffle people around. They've got multiple players playing out of position. They don't have much depth. All right, so that was the most depressing thing I've heard this week. I mean, <laughs> whoa. Let's just say a prayer. Say a prayer for uh, Big Blue Nation. <laughs> well, you set the over-under at three and a half sacks. I said over under three and a half, and and here's what made me think that. Oh God! Our our <laughs> our uh, our text chain. We had a story. One of y'all sent us a story. Paul, yeah, you, I, you I, sent I, it. I sent a story that was run on KSR today. Um, uh, talk. They talked to that offensive coordinator that fans are not happy with. Rick Scrangello. I wasn't going to attempt to say his last name. Yeah. Um, so thank you, Jake. Well, this um, was. Deco- it, it, it was it was an, a wide receiver talking about their red zone struggles, right. and he you know was asked you know why do you think it is he said I don't know probably the play caller. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah. you know you, you've got you've got players calling out coaches. Media calling out, you know, the fan base and players and yada, yada, yada. Vibes are not good in Lexington. Not to mention they stayed up late and, and watched their team lose. Well, I got to say this. I mean, the reason that hit me so hard when Wes said that was because I was watching – what was – Adam Luckett? Yeah. Yeah. My man Luckett, uh, I was sitting there watching, and I'm like, man, he's, he's hurting with those people yeah. in Lexington right now because he was – it was either doing that or it was a, a really good Macbeth, you know, performance because that was. <laughs> I mean, well, there, West is, there were I a few got sucked into it. Like I kind of got sucked into, you yeah. know, like I, I, was, I was, I was like trending down. Like I was like, oh, oh man, it's worse. It's worse. And then all of a sudden, it, Wes clicks out of it, and then he's like, "That was depressing." <laughs> well, there were a few moments where it paused, and I was like, "Oh snap! Did I forget?" 
is this where the soundbite ended? Because I was working on something else. Oh, God. And I was like, no, he was just taking a moment to collect his thoughts. Um, <laughs> yeah, so that – look, it's go on the road in the SEC. Take a drink. I say it every time you all hear me. Kirby says it all the time, too. Uh, I just can't help but feel like this team is broken right now. And, and you look at Georgia's defensive line – They've come on super yeah. strong. It, it, look, let's connect the dots. They were good without Jalen Carter, and everyone got better. You know, the same kind of theory with, with the receivers getting better. Jake, you asked Kirby about it this week, about the receivers getting better with AD out. You know, everybody gets a little bit better. But look what happens when Jalen Carter comes back. And now that offensive line has to block everybody. Yeah. You know, I was just looking at something – it's 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 kind of mind blowing what Kentucky's record is since Chris Rodriguez came back, and I'm not in no way would I ever say that. I mean, he's a really good player, man. I don't think that that he's the guy that. I mean, I don't know. I don't think he's been a problem for him. They're two and four since since he came back. They were four and zero oh without him, which is just mind blowing. And and you know he's put up some good numbers and done some good things, but. Um, yeah, I mean, this, this is a really, I would love to say it's a tough team to figure out that is tough to figure out. I think some of the defensive issues are a little bit tough to figure out. I don't think the overall premise of why this team's, you know, is kind of sucking right now is, uh, is a mystery. And I, I mean, you got poor offensive line play and you got extremely poor quarterback play, like the worst quarterback play I've ever seen anybody who is people say is good i've never seen anybody play worse when somebody says that hey this guy is good i've never seen anybody say that about a guy and then him be worse than will yeah yeah, he's he's stumbled so low beneath the bar and listen i know i know what kind of backside kicking i would take if i were to ever run into him and he would i I was gonna say I hope we don't see him Friday night out at dinner or something. Yeah, I hope, hope not either. I'm going to have a jar of mayonnaise for oh, he's, him. He's definitely watching. I'm going to have a jar of mayonnaise for him. I'm going to carry one around, something he can put in his coffee. So here's a stat for you. Levis has not thrown <laughs> – sorry, I just saw a comment that made me chuckle. Levis has not thrown for more than 200 yards in a month, like in a, in like a calendar month, not a game month, but it's October 15th against Mississippi State. Since then, I think it's been like 97, 100-something, 100-something. It's ugly, and uh, it doesn't really make too much sense. I guess you really just look at the offensive line and pencil that in. Now, look at Kentucky's defense. Statistically, overall, they're they're good. You know, you look at the NCAA stats, and they're on the first page there. They've just kind of crept down the list – game by game here and Tennessee really showed I know Tennessee had him at home Tennessee kind of showed me that a good offense and Georgia is a good offense uh good offense can expose them a little bit shove them around a little bit get players in space and Kentucky has issues I don't know if y'all have noticed anything in particular but when you look at what Georgia's doing right now the way they're spreading the ball around to everybody Lad McConkey's heating up it seems like there could be some issues too. Maybe, uh, maybe the cold weather is Kentucky's best shot. I I don't know. I just I look at where both of these teams are right now. 
I'm trying to manufacture like Kirby really has his work cut out for him this week. I'm I'm just trying to find a reason for Kentucky to to make this one competitive. Well, I think Brock Bowers is. I mean, I, if I'm not mistaken, had a really big game against Kentucky last year. Did um, I think he could have that kind of game again? Uh, I, listen, this Atomic Shark dude in the comments is yeah. really firing me up, getting me crazy. Right, so he said, "He says Georgia's got no offense. Take away Brock Bowers, and they're nothing." Well, Brock Bowers had three catches for 39 yards against Tennessee. Um, Here's my theory on Atomic how Shark. LSU, I wonder how it would how things would shake out if LSU got a chance to play Tennessee at home. Yeah. <laughs> Atomic Shark just admits it right here. Atomic Shark loves trolling. <laughs> I love trolling. <laughs> so that's fine. Own it. Good for you, dude. The comment that cracked me up, though, Atomic Shark, I'm good. Good job was this one. I think Atomic Shark, Atomic Shark is a time traveler. This is my theory from uh, like 2017, maybe, in, in saying Georgia can't win a big game. I think Georgia's won quite a few handily since then and matthew c wants me to put him in timeout no i put you in timeout if you talk about someone's mama you drop a f-bomb we keep it relatively clean in the comments but this is a first amendment comment section atomic shark is allowed to be embarrassingly wrong in public if atomic shark wishes to do so uh people who are drunk shark (laughs) (laughs) people who are uh embarrassingly right is that is that good is that a good thing is that right breaking tea they're right all the time and they're not trolling anyone let me get atomic shark off of here uh breaking tea y'all know we love them y'all know we talk about them and hype them up every single week because we love them ring me the stetson shirt actually i went back and watched the uh the broadcast of the Mississippi State game, just TV only, because when I watch the game live, I, I listen to the radio with the TV on at the same time. But Sean McDonough actually shouted <laughs> out breaking tea on the air. He I said saw that. that. Stetson I did. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. Cashing in some NIL opportunities from when Tennessee fans blew up his phone. So that's pretty cool. And it just shows you how dedicated breaking tea is to uh, – all of Georgia's players, really. So uh, y'all check them out. There's a link to their shop. They've got merch. They got apparel. They got coffee mugs. They got it all at Breaking Tea. Awesome stuff. Hey, listen, I want to hear somebody do it like a real Sean McDonough uh, impersonation because I've never heard anybody do it. But it's just unique enough that I think it would be a really cool one to kind of. I might work on it. I might see if I can see if I can knock it down. Sean McDonough. I can just say his name. I can say yeah. his name how he talks, but I haven't really. I wish I wish I could get somebody to do exactly that call of that Michigan Michigan State <laughs> yeah. game when his voice cracked. Yeah. Gets a little too high up there for old Sean on the last play of the game. <laughs> I <laughs> I like to uh, Street. <laughs> it's crazy to go back and hear broadcasters that are like mainstays now yeah. in some of their early games. One of my Tennessee buddies, the week of the Tennessee game, sent me the uh, Tennessee game when Kirby got just blown up um, a few times, I think. But Gus Johnson is on the call, hmm. and I and I that's like. 
unmistakably Gus. I don't think anyone else sounds like him. Am I the only person that like is just in love with that guy? I think it's because you don't hear him often. That's yeah, my theory. It, I mean, because I, I see him just getting run all the time on, on social media, and I'm like, guys, I love Gus Johnson. Gus Johnson was the voice on Madden one year. He was, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I, dude, I remember when, when Touchdown Motor City. Like it, <laughs> I, I had the Lions. Touchdown and, Motor City. Yeah, yeah. He, he would do, do it over, and it was kind of like a deep, calm thing. And I was just like, oh, man, I love hearing that. Uh, but I mean, I love Gus Johnson. It, it hurts me that people don't. Yeah, I, I don't understand that. He brings uh, brings a little something different to the table. Uh, y'all ready to chop some wood? Wood to chop. Y'all brought your axe. Jake actually had a good idea for a segment <clears throat> that I think we'll try to roll out. Let's try to roll it out Sunday. Y'all start to look at some social media stuff. I do this on the written side bloody tuesday i look at some social media things that are just outrageous or whatever but we need to have a uh, a presence on the show here where we're talking dogs just crazy hot takes funny things we saw whatever what, did uh, we, so, what, what was the good name that you came up with because i think that's what we need to name it you wanted to call it damn internet is that uh yeah damn internet man damn internet man i um, think that's still on the table i went back and looked if because we want to make money to do this, right? We love y'all, but um, we want to make some money. YouTube is very strict, some inside baseball for you about using language. But so I they went back and looked, huge smile, London fans. Yeah, it's <laughs> actually what I was going to chop wood about, so that's a good segue. <laughs> but uh, it looks like that would be okay, that could actually work. Okay, I yeah, said, the, the, yeah, the whole premise is, is just pulling. Yeah, videos or or uh, tweets or you know jokes or memes or whatever from that we run into across the internet, sports related, preferably if not not. Um, feel free to send them in to us as well. Um, yeah, if you know a way to get us get up with us, can you on DM us on uh, on, on YouTube? The board. the board, yeah, you yeah. can get on the board. Ten dollars right now. Yeah, ten dollars until September, so a dollar a month right now. Yeah, um, but I yeah, we should call it hunker download, and I think yeah, that hunker download that hunker downloads. The fact that no one has incorporated that somewhere just seems like we need to take it. Um, all right, yeah, I'll chop some wood. Palmer brought it up. Smile, Munden. Look, we we talk all week about how serious Georgia is, and I started the show with how. Uh, mentally locked in Georgia is and so inspiring and all this motivational stuff. I'm going to chop some wood about a player that just gave everyone a reason to smile, broke up the monotony of the work week, the press conference week. Here's Georgia linebacker Smile Munden with a hot mic slip of the tongue moment uh, at his press availability this week. Proactive with your injuries versus reactive, like, you know, treat. Oh, my bad. Treat. <laughs> I'm sorry. Treat stuff, uh, treat stuff before it gets uh, worse to where it's not necessarily a lingering injury. Just forget I said that. <laughs> I just, I just like how Smile has so sheepish. In, he's sheepish. He's stepped into his role on the field. He's gotten really comfortable. I know he spoke a lot about that. Palmer, you wrote about that too. DogsHQ.com. Y'all read his words. 
Um, but yeah, I liked that. I thought that was a good kind of change of pace this week where it started off a little serious. Yeah, I got a good chuckle out of that. I really did. Wes, did Chip, Chip's the one that asked him about his about staying healthy. Chip says something there. I don't know if he says watch it or gotcha. But he, he's he said gotcha because I was sitting next to him. Uh, he he said gotcha. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's that gotcha journalism. Yeah, Wes, I, I liked your tin foil hat take on on smile. Um, it was. It was something that uh, that Connor Riley had mentioned to us when we were sitting there, and it came to his mind too. But uh, you you put it out on Twitter uh, with the uh, maybe maybe Smiles doing this so that he doesn't have to talk to us anymore. That's yeah, I, I don't know. You know, you throw that out there, you drop a four letter word in the press conference, and then all of a sudden Leland isn't taking you up to the podium anymore. So could be something to it. It's a shame because I like talking to Smile. Nah, he's doing a good job. He's he's getting a lot of air time, a lot of press conference time for a reason. He's playing a lot. And someone else was talking about Chaz Chambliss. Let me scroll all the way back up through Atomic Shark, talking about Kirby uh, and Brian Kelly here. Anyways, Chaz Chambliss also getting a lot of a lot of air time. So shout out to those guys. All right, who's next? I'll take it. I'll, I'll let Jake uh, close this out here. Um, I am chopping wood about award season. A lot of awards. A um, lot Speaking of awards. Leland and Tim Hicks and everybody blowing us up in our inbox. Yeah, yeah. A lot of awards. Um, and I, there was one that I had a, 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 a chopping wood idea that I had, but I'll save it for next week. Okay, we'll tease. Uh, maybe, maybe even stock up um, on on this uh, for our Sunday stocks. Not something that you want to put out there as, as maybe a voodoo um, of sorts as as Georgia goes on the road. Um, if if you y'all you coming up too, Atomic Sharks ears. Yeah, up. yeah, yeah. But um, if if y'all think you can piece it together, let me know. But um, I I got a feeling that, that this will still be on the table next right. week so i am chopping wood about award season a lot of them there um a lot of guys worthy of recognition um the ones that, that stand out to me the most um one that i'm going to write about right after we get done here um jalen carter like you see pictured there uh he's up for the outland trophy semifinalist there chris smith um up for the nagurski one of four players there uh brock bowers and, and stetson bennett finalists for the uh, that was Walter Camp. Bowers is also a finalist for the Maxwell Award. Both of those go to the top college football player, uh, regardless of position. Um, but a lot of these guys up for, um, you know, position-specific awards too. So, um, you know, makes sense. Georgia's got an incredibly talented group of guys. Um, and, um, yeah, so makes sense that they would and, – and they're they're having a successful season, so it makes sense that they'd be up for a lot of awards. If you are not in the comments, I uh, just noticed that Wes threw in there recruiting nugget to come up, uh, come on up here after me uh, to close the show. Listen, chopping wood on comparisons, okay? Because I think that you know, no matter what, this team is going to be compared to last year's team, um, because. Georgia's got a chance to do, even if Georgia goes 15 and 0, 
there are still going to be people who look at last year's team and and there's still going to be people who talk about last year's team because of that lean to defense that that defense that was just elite and took over games and and Georgia could just lean on them anytime it needed to this team's a little bit more balanced um but the accomplishment can be you know can look and be so much greater with an SEC championship um hearkening back to something I was talking to earlier talking talk, sorry talking about earlier and the turnover issues and things like that that this team needs to work on um the the comparison I was looking at today was looking at Georgia like, hey, listen, how good was this team last year? Um, we know the margin of error was so slim, you know, at, at, at you know for the, for the national championship game, and we knew that the the margin of error for the playoff, you know, had the potential to be that way. It turned out not to be, just kind of game flow deal deal there with Michigan. And uh, the one thing I kind of came up with here was something I mentioned earlier was the idea that that Georgia's kind of got some untapped potential here with this football team. Um, you know, that Georgia was plus four last year, that it was six more uh, in the turnover margin than it is right now. And that's just kind of an untapped part of this team. And when you do the comparisons, it's kind of all boiling down to things that Georgia can control to get better. And, uh, you know, I just – for comparison's sake, for people soaking it up's sake, I want people to understand, like, the run Georgia's on right now, they don't happen for very many teams ever. They definitely don't happen often. And uh, better enjoy it. Better enjoy it because who knows when it's going to go away, and when it does, it'll probably be a long time before it ever gets this good again. I will venture to say they're not done. I will venture to say that. And I know that's very vague. But I think there is uh, – I don't even think we've seen the – I don't think we've seen the ceiling. The ceiling oh, I don't think so either. I, th- I mean, I'd, you haven't seen them – you see them put really good offense out there. Have you seen them, you know, throwing the wide open receivers and playing basketball outside like some of these offenses get to do or some of those Alabama and LSU offenses did? I, you don't – you don't get to see it quite like that. So, we invite you all to sign up, dogshq.com. Uh, premium membership ten dollars right now until September, and please hit subscribe down there in the bottom right corner of your screen if you're watching on YouTube live or on replay or listening on the podcast. You stumbled upon it, go ahead and follow it. We have this show a couple times for you every single week. So uh, the the thing that we have behind our premium paywall it's a lot of recruiting news, guys. We do a lot of free stuff here. But uh, And we have premium updates on the team as well, of course. Premium breakdowns, our, our opinions. You got to pay for some of that stuff. But a lot of the premium content we have is recruiting news, recruiting. And our guy Jake Roos had a little nugget for us, a little uh, lure on the end of the fishing hook because there's a lot more where this came from. Hope you all enjoy. Georgia was dealt a blow to the 2023 class on Monday, losing the commitment of four-star cornerback Daniel Harris. The nation's number 43 overall prospect per on three, Harris committed to the Bulldogs on July 1st, and even up until late October, he was saying all the right things when it came to his standing. Since the decommitment, the buzz seems to suggest there may have been some considerations given to the depth chart, and Penn State and Michigan are really pressing heavily for him as well. 
Don't be too dismayed, though. I think that there is still reason to believe he could end up in this class. Not a certainty, but a possibility. Uh, there's a lot of love there for Fran Brown and Kirby Smart, and that'll play in huge. I'm just saying don't write it off. Otherwise, it sounds like Georgia could be trailing a bit for five-star defensive lineman David Hobbs, who's set to commit on November 25th. Tennessee seems to be surging in that race, but I wouldn't look for any white flags from Trey Scott just yet. We heard a lot of positive noise coming off of his official visit to Athens for that win over the Vols. I'll switch gears into something a little bit more positive, and that's that I continue to hear good things where the Bulldogs are concerned when it comes to four-star wide receiver Anthony Evans, who's committed to the Oklahoma Sooners. I'd circle him as one of Georgia's most likely flip candidates in this cycle as noise continues to build coming off of his trip to Athens for the Tennessee game. Additionally, Samuel Mpemba, the five-star edge rusher, has set a date with plans to lock in a decision on December 4th. Georgia's joined by Tennessee, Miami, and Florida in that one. And the Bulldogs are a heavy odds-on favorite going into that date. And I think it would be a pretty drastic about-face if that were to change. So I like where things stand. Elsewhere, returns seem to be positive on the fronts of Jordan Hall and Deuce Robinson. Not a projection, just letting you know where that sits. And if you're still scratching your head on Damon Wilson, the five-star edge rusher Georgia's pursuing heavily, that's still fair. Looking like this one could drag all the way into the early signing period with Ohio State and Georgia in a fierce battle for one of the nation's best pass rushers, so definitely keep an eye on it. Safe to say we've only just begun in many regards when it comes to recruiting, so stay tuned to Dogs HQ for all the latest. All right. Thank you, Rooster. Guys, uh, it's been a fun show, and I hope you have a safe trip to Lexington. Stay warm. There's this guy on YouTube named Wim Hof. I don't know if you've heard of him, but he does these deep breathing exercises. He does like these ice baths, all this kind of stuff. You might want to check it out just to prepare yourself for the game. I'm not endorsing that. I'm not trying to encourage anyone to get hyperthermia or anything like that, but I'm a good teammate, and I'm just trying to help you all stay warm and help you stay mentally tough between the ears too. Wes told me to drink ivermectin. <laughs> I got yeah, I got a whole freezer full of it. Come on, this show is now going to be flagged on Spotify. Oh God, it's going to get one of those. It find uh, <laughs> accurate information about COVID nineteen. Um, so yeah, I'm glad we could do that and keep everyone informed. Seriously, um, good stuff. Fun comment section. Atomic Shark, you stirred the pot tonight, baby. You're the MVP in my my eyes. Best commenter of the show tonight donnie wilkerson hi everyone go dogs seems like a new uh, addition into the comment section here couple trophies maybe georgia will add another trophy to its case this season we will see for palmer and jake and jake i'm wes y'all take care we'll see you next time Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.